Welcome to Launch It Girl, where business coach, marketing strategist, and ex-corporate leader, Kenzie Mackis, will show you how to launch, market, and scale a business and brand that feels authentically you, leveraging her proven framework for getting known, seen, and heard online so that you can overcome perfectionism, feelings of imposter syndrome and confusion, and finally launch yourself into a life full of abundance and freedom. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Launch It Girl. I have such a special guest with me here today, Vince Warnock. Vince is literally like, oh my gosh, you guys, if you don't know Vince, you've probably been living under a rock. Vince is an author, host of Chasing the Insights podcast, fangirl, and also marketing strategist and coach. Vince, say hey. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. So good to be here with you today. Uh, Vince and I, gosh, we connected. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. This year is a blur. Maybe it was yeah. six months ago. I think okay. about six months ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I feel like we just like totally uh, connected and we have done some partnerships together and we were just talking about continued partnerships and Vince and I just really hit it off. I love Vince because he is very heart-centered and I love heart-centered entrepreneurs and you can tell that everything Vince does is with like full alignment with who he is as an entrepreneur, but also just so service-based. You're just uh, such a service-led entrepreneur and I'm just so happy to have you here. Oh, that is the kindest words, Kinsey. I'm so happy to be here. Like you said, when, when we first connected, I think I reached out to you, it might've been for the podcast, it might've been for the summer. I can't remember which one, it was all a blur. But the second we started talking, it was like, yep, as soon as you, as soon as you meet other aligned marketers and entrepreneurs, you immediately there's that connection. You're like, yep, these are my people. These are the people who actually care and, and, and want to make an impact. I love that. So yeah, so happy to be here. So good. Okay. Well, I gave a brief intro of who you are, but I would love for you to tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Yeah, like you said, I am an author, podcast host, and marketing strategist coach. But my journey started, oh my goodness, I, I actually trained as an electronics and computer engineer. I, I legitimately wanted to be that guy that made all the gadgets for James Bond and Batman until I discovered that that's not actually a viable uh, career option. Those things actually don't exist. That was a big surprise to me. But also, the main reason I did that was I love technology. And I've always been a huge fan of technology and the way that it serves people and the way that it helps people and helps the world. And then I discovered that actually technology is only a portion of what I'm passionate about. The real thing I'm passionate about is people. It's understanding people's behaviors. It's understanding why they do what they do. And the intersection of those two things is, of course, marketing. Um, it is using technology and psychology and people, uh, understanding people to kind of put these things together and to be able to help your business to grow. So, so I kind of then fell into marketing. Uh, also did, I worked on radio as an announcer here on one of our big radio stations for a number of years. Uh, that was one of my dream jobs, it just pays so poorly. It's horrible. <laughs> Even if you're one of the top DJs there, you get paid nothing. It was like, oh, so, um, so I kind of got into marketing and, and then I felt this pull. And it's happened a number of times through my career, Can see, I think I've said to you, I've kind of gone in and out of the corporate world. Uh, but every time I'm in the corporate world, I feel this tug at me to create something, to birth something and to, to get back into entrepreneurship. And every time I've done that, it's, it's paid off in space. I have had some failures along the way, or as I call them, learnings along the way. But I've realized that the reason that that pull is so significant for me and the reason that I keep feeling that pull is I need to be 
at the the front of where I'm impacting people. And particularly, I, I set up my own company, Common Ledger. Uh, we built that for about four years until we sold it. That was a crazy wild ride. It was a, a huge, like a very fast growing company. It was awesome fun. Um, but then when I left that, I got into corporate world again. I ended up at Cigna Insurance, uh, became the CMO there. And that's when I realized that I'm feeling this tension again. I'm feeling this pull to get back into entrepreneurship. And the reason for that is as a chief marketing officer, and, and you know this from your corporate life, Kinsey, you are quite removed from the impact that you're making, right? You're, you're building a company, which is great. That's dollars, it's figures, it's all that kind of thing. But actually, I want to see how I'm serving people. I want to see how people are benefiting from what I'm doing. And when you're further removed from that, it's, it's really difficult. So I made the, I was going to say difficult decision, the easy decision slash difficult decision to leave a very well-paying job at the beginning of this year, pre-COVID and go, that's it. I'm going to focus on how I can impact others, which is writing my next book and really passionate about the topic around imposter syndrome and rewiring your brain. So I wanted to pursue that and then left Cigna, suddenly COVID hit and every company that I'm interviewing for the book is suddenly going, hey, look, we wanna help you out, man, but right now we've got all the same overheads we've always had, but we've got no revenue. Like it is tough. We've got no income coming in whatsoever and we're kind of freaking out. And that's what kind of led me to realize I can't stand back if people are in need like that. It really grieved me. So I know what it's like. I came from you know, an interesting background and I know what it's like to have no money. I know what it's like to be in those stressful and anxious kind of situations. So I decided, right, I'm going to set about and help these people. So all of the companies I was dealing with, I helped them to, to pivot in some cases. In other cases, I took them back to the core of what they're doing and looked at how can we generate other revenue streams, even during lockdown, even during all this, this craziness that was this year, and saw some massive successes from that. And then I went, hang on, I should be charging people for this. <laughs> what am I doing? This needs to be sustainable. I love helping people. This is awesome. So, so that led me on a different path. And, and then I took up coaching and things. And, and of course, the launched a podcast, which is just so much fun, honestly. So there you go. There's my whirlwind tour, Kinsey. Uh, so right now I'm doing the podcast, writing two books, uh, writing two children's books as well, which is heaps of fun. And of course, uh, doing the coaching and the strategy work. Oh, so good. Okay. There's so many things that I want to unpack there. <laughs> and I love that you said, oh my gosh, like go figure. I can charge people for this. Like that is something <laughs> I think many entrepreneurs struggle with is like not seeing the value or their worth and not calling to action in that format, right? Like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to charge for this and I'm charging a pretty penny um, because I have a lot to add. So I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that before we press record on the podcast, we were talking about you actually stepping more into coaching. And I love <laughs> what you shared about that story. And I would love for you to share kind of that conversation that we had with our listeners, because I think this is something that would really resonate um, yeah. with people. So tell about that coaching journey. Yeah, I, it was a bit crazy. So I look at the, my plans for this year and I've got this kind of world domination plan here. You know, I'm doing the podcast, I'm writing the books. I know all the pieces kind of come together. But there was a gap in amongst all of that. And that was the coaching work. That was the work I was doing one-to-one -one with people. And I've kind of realized I've always been doing this for like, you know, six, seven odd years. I've worked with people, mentoring them, coaching them and helping them free of charge. But I, I had a mental block there that I wasn't even aware of. In fact, it was my coach kind of pointed it out to me and said, look, why do you do this for free? And I'm like, well, I just love giving back to people. I love helping people. I, uh, and then she highlighted, is it that or is it that you're actually afraid that 
if you ask people to pay for something, they're not going to do it. They don't want it or they won't value it. And I didn't even realize I had this block. So I went through this process with her. But the funny thing was, I didn't realize there were people out there that had been waiting for me to coach them. And I discovered this as soon as I realized I had a block, I knew I had to do something about that. So I did two things. And my coach said to me, write down a list of over the last 12 months, everyone that you've worked with, everyone that you've impacted. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll do five years. I'll do five years. Get stop it, Vince. Write down 12 months. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that many people. And I started writing down a list. And I had to write down who they were, what they do, how I've worked with them, like how I've helped them. And what was the results they got from that? What was the impact that was from the work that I'd done with them? And that was incredibly confronting because I, I kept writing this list and writing this list and writing this list. And I suddenly realized how many people I had actually helped, which by the way, is an incredible thing when you suffer from imposter syndrome, because you often are going, why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm such a fraud. And you look at this list and you see the results that people have got working with me. That was huge. I, I, there was literally companies that have doubled their revenue just off some of the conversations I've had with them, some of the, the kind of shifts that we've done within their business. And I'm going, whoa. And then she said, and you don't think they would pay for that? And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, they'd totally pay for that. It was quite a revelation. But that's when I realized, okay, the other thing I need to do is I need to take action on this. So I decided at that point, I said, I'm going to decide to take on board pay coaching clients. And this is when it got really weird. And I don't think I've told you this, but it's straight away, Kinsey, but... The moment I did that, I, was, I got off the call with my coach and I'm like, right. And then Leanne uh, got up and we went for an early morning walk. And as we we're walking, I said to her, look, oh, Leanne's my wife, by the way, for the listeners. Um, so me and Leanne are walking along going, okay. I said to her, I think I need to do this. This is a blind spot I didn't know I had. And now I need to take action. She goes, yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. And my phone rang. And it was a company here in, in town that I had met with a couple of times in the past. And they called me up and said, hey, haven't seen you in ages. Let's go grab a beer. And um, if anyone knows me, anyone offers me a beer, I'm going to go and meet with them. It's as simple as that. Even more, I'll give them even more time if they offer me a single malt scotch. But uh, so, so that night, I went and caught up with this guy. And before he'd even sat down, he said to me, look, A, I've rebranded my business. And B, I've been talking to my wife and my business partner. I need you to coach me. And I need you to consult to us and help us with the business. And we'll pay you for that. And the weird reaction that I gave was, whoa, that was easy. I didn't realize that as soon as you decided it was going to happen, it just happened. But it turned out, and this, by the way, over a weekend, this was a Friday, over the weekend, I ended up with four paid clients. And the reason is I realized having a blind spot meant I was blind to the opportunity that was always right there. And people have been waiting for me to coach them. And I had just completely missed it because I had this blind spot. So, so I sat down with this client and, and you know, signed them up and everything. And he was taking me through, through this process. And he said to me, you do realize that I've been wanting you to coach me for a year. And he took me back to a conversation I had had with him. So he was a vendor when I was at Cigna. He was one of our vendors. And uh, he, he said to me, look, I want to buy you lunch. And I just want to pick your brains about my business. And I said, well, nope, that's a conflict of interest. I will pay for your lunch and I'll freely give my time. We ended up spending a couple of hours over lunch and... I challenged him on a few things in a positive way and just said, look, you know, I, I explained, first of all, that his, his brand was really confusing. He spent more time telling people how to pronounce the name of the company than actually what he does. But also I challenged him on the way that he thought about his business because he was very much going, I don't want to be the center of attention, right? It's not about me. I don't need the credit for what I do. It's about building the company. It's about the team. It's about the work that we do, but, but it's not about me. Vince. It's not about me. And then I would listen to the way he would talk about his competitors in market. And I was like, hang on, can I interrupt? 
I said, you do realize it's okay to want to be the center of attention. This is your company. You're building something yourself. You should be really, really proud of this. You should get the credit for what you're doing because what you're doing is really, really special. I didn't realize, but that was a huge breakthrough for him. So 12 months later, he's going, man, I wish this guy would be my coach. And he goes, you know what? I'm just going to go and ask him. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put myself out there and say, I need you to coach me. And the timing was just crazy. So yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh. I have goof, goosebumps. A couple of things I want to know there is like this decision process, right? I yeah. think you made the decision to step into this new space and you didn't even have to do anything for the universe, yeah. God, like higher power to deliver. And I think this is where people are feeling stuck is they're not going all in on that decision. Yeah. And it is so cool how the universe shows up for us when we just simply make a decision. Yeah. And then, and this is what I talk about, like building an abundant business or really getting into flow is allowing yourself to be in alignment with who you're really meant to be. And also like what you want to build. It just feels so easy and fun. Yeah. Oh man, it is so much fun. Like this is, I, I actually feel really bad, Kinsey, and, and I'm going to admit this here. I feel really bad and really guilty when I'm talking to people. And it's been a difficult year. It's been a really, really hard year for a lot of people. And I'm very aware that I'm in a very privileged situation because of what I can bring to the table and the types of companies I deal with and everything. But I have had a fantastic year. This has just been a crazy ride and I've enjoyed most of it. I didn't like lockdown as much. I'm a high extrovert. That was really, really tricky. But for company-wise and for what I'm doing and from entrepreneurship and everything, it has been an awesome year. So I feel really guilty talking to everyone that's going, it's really hard. I'm going, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I've had the same experience for this year. My business totally took off. Yeah. And I think it's that process of stepping into the decision and not letting fear consume you. And most people that's are it. sitting in fear right now, whether that's from a pandemic perspective or just fear of what if, and it's holding them back. And yeah. I think this decision process too, it also applies to like, are you making the decision to be the expert? So many people don't feel like they know enough yet. They have enough experience, right? This imposter syndrome of who am I to teach this? And so they're not making that decision to step in as the expert, which is causing a lot of resistance in their business. People don't see them in, the, in that way that they're meant to show. Yeah. And so it's, it's creating, um, I would say like slowness in business. And can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think you have experienced imposter syndrome oh, and, yeah. and tell us kind of how you've overcome that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I encounter imposter syndrome on a regular basis and full disclosure, when we say, you know, uh, overcome that. I've been very aware that imposter syndrome is going to be a thorn in my side for probably my life. It's something that's always going to be there. And actually, I'm okay with that. I'll get to that reason why soon. I come from an interesting background. So I grew up in abuse. I grew up in poverty. Um, I grew up thinking it was normal to not be able to pay bills. I think it was, I grew up thinking it was normal to not be able to have food on the table and, and to go hungry. I thought it was normal for us to, you know, for parents to send their kids down to the supermarket or the shops to um, try and steal food from the back so that we can all eat. This was my reality growing up. And I, I you know, like going through that meant that any time that I got success or any time my head got above the, you know, everybody else, not only did other people try and cut me down, I would cut myself down. I would go, this is not normal. This is not good. I grew up thinking that anybody who had success, they were jerks or they were people that, you know, we should look down at because we didn't have, and we were in lack. So this was an interesting environment to grow up. And it is an environment where 
imposter syndrome just flourishes because every time you get success, you feel like you're an absolute fraud. I vividly remember I was a young, I want to call it businessman, but it was basically in one of my first jobs. I won tickets to this business breakfast and I was so happy because these tickets were really expensive. It was a VP, I think, of Oceania for Adobe. And I was a massive Adobe fanboy. Photoshop 2 had just come out which is showing my age now, I realize. But I was so excited about this. I'm like, man, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to get to hear from somebody who's like, you know, a legend. I'm like, oh. So I turn up to this thing. I was very aware that I do not look the part. I didn't own a suit. I didn't own any decent clothes or anything. So I went down to a secondhand shop. I bought the most ill-fitting suit I've ever seen in my life. It was this horrible light gray. The sleeves went down to my knuckles, double-breasted and ill-fitting. It was just disgusting. And I had long hair tied in a ponytail. It was back when I could grow hair, by the way. Uh, so I turned up to this thing and immediately realized I don't fit in. I sat at this table full of people who, like, if I picture it in my mind now, it seemed like they were all wearing Armani suits. Like They were all very well-dressed. They were all older gentlemen at this table. And I just felt like a complete outsider and a fraud. I'm like, what am I doing here? So I decided, screw it. I'm just going to stay here. I won this ticket. I've got a right to be here, but I'm going to do this. I still felt like a fraud. And then this guy delivered this incredibly inspiring like, speech. And he was talking about success in business and all this. And I wrote pages and pages of notes. But then when he was finished, he came over to each of the different tables and he asked if we had any questions. I remember vividly in my mind, my brain's going, okay, dude, listen up, pay attention, Vince. This is your one shot to ask something intelligent, right? Seriously, you need to do this. Pay attention, pay attention. He came over and what came out of my mouth was definitely not intelligent. I, um, I just said to him, at what point in your career did you realize you had made it? And the entire table kind of snickered. And that's when I felt even more of an outsider. I was like, what am I doing here? I can't even ask an intelligent question. My brain literally went, dude, I'm out of here. You're a moron. Um, so, but the, the speaker was incredible. He just looked at me and said, actually, that's a really good question. And you could almost hear the, huh, from the table. And I went, oh, okay. And he goes, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. He goes, I have this morning routine. And I was like, oh my goodness. I'm, now in my head, I'm going, this is going to be gold. It's a secret from this guy who's a legend. I'm going to write down every word he's saying right now. You know, this is before we can record things on our phones. So he would talk me through. He goes, every morning I get up deliberately early. I'm like, deliberately early. This is important. Write it down. And he goes, and, and I go into the bathroom. I fill the sink with cold water. I'm like, cold water. Aha, cold water. Yep. I splash the water on my face. I go, oh, yep, splash. And he goes, I look in the mirror and I go, ha, today's the day they find out you're a fraud. And I was like, what? And he went, I've never felt like I've made it, Vince. I always feel like I'm a fraud. I always feel like the dumbest guy in the room. And he said, but most of us do. And he like indicated around the table. And that did something really profound in me. It, immediately when I looked around that table, I saw everybody different. I suddenly realized that these people here are in the same boat that I'm in. They feel as much of an imposter and a fraud as I do, which means two things. A, I can understand them better. But B, I've got as much right to be at this table as they do. And that had a profound impact on me. Now, that didn't cure imposter syndrome. I struggled with it for years. But last year, uh, <laughs> when I published my first book, I went through an interesting process there. So writing that book was really important to me. Important because 
A, somebody told me I'd never make a writer. Um, so I was like, ha, challenge accepted. And also because I really wanted to impact people with the, the stuff that I knew worked. Like my book is about my methodology, but it's also about the mindset stuff to implement that kind of methodology in digital marketing. And I knew it worked because I had proven it. So I was like really proud of this. But we got to the point of getting ready to publish. And someone said to me, oh, don't bother doing a book launch. Nobody turns up to a book launch anymore. And I'm going, ah, I'm a marketer. Oh, hell my beer. I've got this. So I organized this book launch. We had 100 or so people there. It was an incredible night, right? All these people from all over, all my peers, all the people I respect in the industry came together. But I had to rationalize in my head that people were going to want a signed copy of the book because that's what you do at a book launch. And... I knew I was going to struggle with this because I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I'm a barely average karaoke singer at best. So why would people want my autograph? But I knew that if I went to a book launch, that's what I would want. So I'm like, okay, I can rationalize this in my head. I've got this. It's going to be a great night. So we got there. I told my story there about writing the book and you know uh, all the people that have inspired me. And then something happened that I didn't count on, which was every time I signed the book and gave it to someone, they said, oh, I can't wait to read it. And my stomach got more and more knotted and more and more knotted. And I went home that night as a high extrovert. I should have been buzzing because I'm like oh, around all these people and this energy and these good vibes. Everyone was so supportive. But I, I lay awake all night with these voices in my head just going, who do you think you are? Like everyone's going to look at this and go, what, are, like, who, what makes you think you've got a right to write a book? What makes you think you've got anything to say over what we've got to say? And also I started reading the book, what an amateur, all these like just dialogue in my head. And I spiraled really, really quickly for two weeks. I wouldn't even talk about the book. I didn't do anything online didn't talk about it on social. It wasn't until one of my mentors called me up, which he never does, by the way, he, I always have to book time with him. He called me up and he said, look, how's the book sales going? And I told him, and they were going really well actually, which was awesome. And told me, he goes, oh, those are good numbers. And he said, but I haven't seen any marketing out there, Vince. I haven't seen you talking about it like on social. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a CMO. I'm just really busy. And I'm relying on word of mouth. And he goes, yeah, sure. Let me tell you the process I go through every time I write a book. And he's written many, many books. And most of them are bestsellers as well. And he basically explained that entire story, but from his perspective. And I went, wait, you go through all of this every time. He's like, yeah. And immediately that did two things. It made me feel a lot better. Like it really do. It was confronting to hear that other people went through, especially people I respect in the industry. But the other thing it made me do is it made me realize I need to talk about this. So that set me on a different journey where I, I wrote this LinkedIn post talking about imposter syndrome and, and basically telling that story. And at the end I said, and I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to tell you now you should buy my book. It's a damn good book. I know because I poured my heart and soul into this and I've proven that this works. Uh, and that was awesome because it was a massive spike in sales, which I was really happy with. But the, the, the interesting thing from that was the, it opened up so much dialogue with people and the amount of people that reached out to me, including a senior partner at one of the big four firms. And I had known him for years. I hadn't seen him in many years. He was a mentor of mine and an investor in one of my previous companies. And we caught up, we're at a, a birthday party for an agency here. And he caught up with me and he said, oh, Vince, oh man, I've been tracking your career. You're doing so well. This is awesome. I saw your LinkedIn post on the Poster Center. Can we have a chat? I thought, oh no, here we go. He's going to pull me aside and go, you okay, Vince? Do you need help? Should I call some medical professionals or something? So we pulled, he pulled me aside and he just said to me, man, it was so confronting reading that. I've always felt like a fraud. I always feel like the dumbest guy in the room, even though, you know, I've been a senior partner in this firm for many, many years. I've always worried that they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. 
And that to me was really confronting as well. I suddenly realized we need to be talking about this more. We need more people out there saying, you know what, it's okay to go through this because most of us do. If you're an entrepreneur, it's almost guaranteed you're going to go through this. So that set me on the path. I started talking about that at conferences and the response I got was incredible. And that also started the pull to get away from corporate life again so I could actually get back to impacting people. So I'm writing a book at the moment called Anti-Perfect and it, it is legitimate. Like the whole book is around creating your own operating system for your brain. It's about accepting that you know, you're, it's okay to have good days and bad days. It's about stopping comparing yourself to other people and not just because that's futile, but because often what you're comparing yourself to uh, isn't actually real. You're comparing yourself to your projection of what another person is, but half the time they're as much of a hot mess as you are. They feel like as much of a fraud as you do. So, so that started that whole journey. And, and that's why I say, I've realized imposter syndrome is a thorn in my side. It's going to be there for my life, but I'm actually okay with that because it keeps me motivated and inspired to help as many people as I can, because mm -hmm. the more I feel that, the more I realize how many other people feel that and the more I realize how much we can help each other by talking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. I think it's, it is, it's the awareness that you're not the only one feeling that way. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, like even at their level, they feel it too. And it's really just a story we keep telling ourselves. Yeah, It does. It keeps a lot of entrepreneurs stuck. So it it's does. just again, making that decision to keep moving through, even yeah. if, and I think if we try to resist it, it creates more resistance. So it's almost just like letting it flow. Like I imagine like literally physically having these thoughts pass by me. Yeah. Um, so I can just continue. I, I just had an event last month <laughs> and I thought I had overcome this idea of imposter syndrome, like legit, because it was so heavy in corporate. Yeah. And when I stepped into entrepreneurship, I was like, I'm not letting that happen again. And I worked really hard quote, I'm doing air quotes. It worked really hard to overcome <laughs> it, but like this event surfaced so much more of that. And I, so I think it was just this telling experience of like, every time you're being pushed into a new space, a new level, a new way of showing up, it's going to surface for you. And it's a, it's giving yourself the awareness of like, oh, okay, this is normal. These yeah. are not real thoughts and I'm okay. I'm not going to yeah. die, right? I'm okay. Yeah, I, I've started, I started to realize one other aspect of it too, Kinsey, which is that there is an aspect of imposter syndrome that is very real and it's okay because if you're an entrepreneur, like you get, you get a picture of this. As entrepreneurs, we are creating something that doesn't exist. Right? We are trying to birth something into the world that doesn't yet exist. And, and by the way, if you're, if you're a, a life coach or a health coach or whatever, you could say to yourself, oh, yeah, but there's hundreds of thousands of other life coaches or whatever like me. No, you are the only you. Your business is completely unique because of what you bring to the table. So based on that, you are creating something that doesn't exist, which means you are an imposter because it hasn't been done yet. So you are making it up as you go along and that is A-OK, -okay. like that is awesome. Okay. So, so I've started to realize to actually not just accept imposter syndrome, almost embrace it a little bit. And by that, I mean not the self-sabotage aspects of it, but to embrace it in the sense of when I realize that other people go through this as well, that means I can give myself permission to be at this table because I've got as much right as they do. But the other thing too is we get to choose how we react to it. It's there, it's real in that sense. And it's always going to be those voices that are talking to you, but you get to choose how to react to those voices. You can either take that as, as law, as legal, as, as fact, or you can look at it and go, okay, I hear you. I understand that you're afraid. 
I get that you're worried about putting yourself out there because people might see you and that's scary to you, but we've got this. Okay, brain, it's okay. You don't need to put this in. I'm okay. We're going to push through this. So, Oh, I love that perspective. That's so good. And speaking of new, I would love to switch gears a little bit. For anybody that's just getting started or feels like they're not getting the momentum that they want, as a marketing strategist, what's like maybe one key nugget that you could give people to really get some more gain, if you will, out of their marketing strategy? Oh man, there's so much. You always ask the hard questions, kids. There's the so spot. much to this. I, I think the number one thing is you need to be consistently and constantly talking to potential customers. And, and I don't mean selling to them, guys. I mean actually talking to them. Um, it's one of the things I would say, like even before you've launched anything, you should be in front of as many people as possible. And you'll be surprised how open people are to helping you. Like if you just reach out, go into a Facebook group, ask questions. Go in there and say, hey guys, I'm thinking about launching something, but I really need to talk to some people just to see if this would add value and things. So I'm not selling you anything, but if you would give me your time, I would love that. Most people will actually jump at the chance to give their opinion and to help you out. And what that does is it does a number of things. It helps you to not only validate and to shape what it is that you're doing and what you're going to be offering. Record these conversations because in there is one of the biggest pieces of gold you will ever get. It is the verbatims. It is the way that they describe their problems, their current situation and their future state. They will give you all the words you need to be able to market back to them. And a good example of this, by the way, I, I, I fall into this trap myself, even though this is one of my mantras. I say, get in front of people as much as possible, use their words back on them. But also I'm human and I make mistakes. And I remember talking to these two women uh, about their business. And I was going to them, look, here's your problem. You've got a problem with organic search, right? You're not getting the results that you need. What we can do is an SEO audit and I'll create an SEO program for you so that you can you know, be higher up in the SERP results. And they were just looking at me blankly. And they're just going, uh, I, we don't care about any of this, Vince. Sorry, we just want to be found on Google. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what have I done? So <laughs> I changed the way I talked about it and said, hey guys, you're not getting found on Google. I'm going to dig deep and find out why. And then we're going to get you found on Google. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so, that's that. where the gold is yeah i love that and this is something we talk about i i think i talk about this almost every day because yeah. we get so fluffy and like highlight it's like i help high achieving women like love their life and like but your people are just like they just want a meal plan or they yeah. just want to not feel so lousy when they wake up in the morning right like really diving into their people and you you get that verbatim like you said when you're actually yeah. talking to people and that also grows your network, right? And oh, like yeah. Just yeah, you've identified all these people with this need, you've found out how to market to them. And then you've got this base that you can go back and market to when you're ready. And you'll be surprised because you've taken people on the journey, mm -hmm. because they've had the opportunity to give feedback to you to help you, they feel like they're part of this as well. So the moment that you release the moment that you launch, then they're on board with you almost immediately as well. They're like, yay, we've been waiting for this. So it's one of the most important things you should do as early as possible and just keep getting in front of them as much as you can. Yeah. So good. Thank you for saying that. I think that's so key. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could jam out right. forever, but I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yep. Here we go. Okay. Best book you've ever read. Uh, Contagious by Jonah Berger. This is in the nonfiction world. It is a amazing way to understand why things go viral or why people share content or share things and 
some of the elements in that have been the keys to most of my career. Like most of the things I've done that have been successful have had elements of what Joan de Berger explains. It's just a must read. I read it once a year. It's an incredible book. So good. Okay. I have that on my list of books to read. Perfect. Yeah, or you won't regret it. <laughs> it's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Share a limiting belief that you've had to overcome about yourself. Oh man, there's so many of these, Kinsey. A limiting belief is that people wouldn't want to pay for the breakthrough that I can bring for them or wouldn't want to pay for my advice and things because, you know, all that advice is out there for free on YouTube. It's all out there on the internet. They could go and research all the stuff if they really want to, but actually realizing that people value what I have to say and value what I bring to the table. That has been a huge limiting belief through my whole life. Uh, and also that I'm not worthy of wealth. Um, that was a really big one. Growing up in poverty, I had to come to terms with that. I had to realize that wealth enables me to help many more people. And, and not just from the, you know, it enables me to have money to help them, but also when you're earning money, that means you're not stressed or anxious about that. You're not worried about where the bills are getting paid for, which means you're not using that mental real estate for that. You instead can focus where you need to focus, which is about where you're impacting people and how you're getting that transformation for them. So good. I think all the money things, right? That oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Oh my gosh, yep. so good. Thank we you we could talk that. for hours mm -hmm. on limiting beliefs of money. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, so good. Okay, best time management tip. Get a power up routine in the morning. I know everyone talks about this, but it, it really does work. I get up at three every morning. I don't, I don't recommend everyone do that. I just have a weird sleep thing where I only sleep four hours a night. But get up deliberately. Like set a time, whatever works for you. Get up deliberately and have fixed time to do certain things. Make sure within that you have time for reading. And you have time to upskill yourself. You have time for writing and it doesn't matter if you're an author or not. It doesn't matter if you're a writer or not. Just write. It doesn't even matter what you're writing. Just write. It helps you to externalize your thoughts. And within that, I would also uh, take time to reflect and time for yourself. So I go through breathing exercises. I go through and watch a cheesy program on TV. Um, just allowing myself permission to do that. So good. I was just going to ask, what is your morning routine? <laughs> Sounds uh -huh. like you have yeah. a really good one. Yeah. So I do writing. So I get, I get up at three. I do writing for half an hour. Then I do reading and researching and things for half an hour as well. Then I just take some time to relax and uh, usually watch a TV show or do my breathing exercises and things, some form of physical exercise. And then I set about my day. I go, right, the family are going to get up at six because uh, the younger wife goes to work. My son's going to school. So what I do is I will tidy the house before they get up and I'll make sure that there's a coffee ready for Leanne so that as she gets out of bed, the coffee's already ready for her to drink. So that way, when they get out of bed, there's no stress. They don't feel like, oh man, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It's actually, they can hit the ground running for their day. So yeah, that's my morning routine. That's so helpful. Oh my gosh. I love it. So good. If you had to do business all over again, what would you do? I'd probably be doing what I'm doing now. No, <laughs> if I had to do it again, the thing I would do is I would start earlier. I would stop procrastinating. Procrastinating is just fear. It's just a mastery where to go, hey, you know, I, I'm pretending that I'm a perfectionist. I'm pretending. No, I'm actually just scared. But actually, what's the worst that can happen? Honestly, the worst that you can come up with and conjure in your mind is still nothing. I, I still remember when we started Common Ledger. I said to Leanne, Look, I, you know, this opportunity is here. It's scary. It's going to mean six months of no income before we raise a seed round. You know, but I think this opportunity is huge. And she went, yep, I think you should do this. And at the same time, she decided that it was a career change time. So she had always, she had trained as an early childcare teacher, but had always had this passion to help people with addictions. So mm -hmm. she was like, okay, 
if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. I need to train as an addictions counselor. I need to be able to help people, which means her leaving her high paying job as well. And both of us going for no income for six months. It's, our son was the highest earner. He used to sit there like a godfather going, Hey, if you need the money, you come to me. You know? Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, that's hilarious. Yeah, but but the, I still remember the response from Leanne. And that was the thing we've, it's been the mark on our life. She just looked at me and said, yeah, but when if we never landed on our feet? And that summed up in that quote is even with the worst that can happen, we still have our health. We still have our family. We still have each other. We're going to be okay. You know, 2020 has been crazy for a lot of people, but you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. You are way stronger than you think you are. Mm, goosebumps. So good, Vince. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could literally be here all day. I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time <laughs> yeah. and tell, tell the listeners where they can find you and how to so, connect with you. Yeah. Uh, easiest way is go to chasingtheinsights.com. Um, that is the website for my podcast. You'll see a wonderful episode there with Kinsey. Um, but yeah, so that's where the podcast is. It's also where my book is. Uh, and also there is a link on there to a Facebook group. You just need to come and join me in there. It's the Chasing the Insights Facebook group. It's a bunch of crazy entrepreneurs. We've got uh, almost 300 people in there now. It's growing very quickly. So by the time this goes out, it might be, I don't know, 3,000. Kidding. Yeah. Uh, so come and join us in there. It's an easy way to get in touch with me uh, or just reach out on social. I'm always keen for a catch up. I'm always keen to help people as much as I possibly can. So yeah. So good. Oh my gosh, Vince. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such an honor. Oh, Kenzie, I, I feel like this is really selfish. I know this podcast is for everyone listening to this, but genuinely when you and I catch up, I'm like, I don't care about anyone else right now. It's just a good chance for us to, to catch up and chat. So good. Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> if you liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.